Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you guys so much for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes. I'm really, really excited to have the lovely Beth Kempton with me on the podcast today. So if you don't know who Beth is, Beth Kempton is the author of books Freedom Seeker and Wabi Sabi. She's also a speaker, podcast host and entrepreneur. So thank you so much, Beth, for joining me today. Hi, Emma. Thank you for having me. So really, first of all, I've seen your work online. I know all about Wabi Sabi now, but I want to know where you started. When did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? What a powerful question. Oh my goodness. You know, if you'd asked me that question 10 years ago, I'd have been like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> really, really no idea where to even begin. But I think if I think about it, I spent a lot of time in Japan in my 20s. Um, and I, there was something about being there in that culture where I, I had this incredible sense of calm and connectedness. Um, a lot of crazy serendipitous things happened to me while I was living in Japan, um, both as a student and after university when I was working there. I spent a lot of time in nature, a lot of time in temples. I'm not Buddhist, but I was very curious about lots of Buddhist ideas. And there was something in the air that kind of, I, th I think laid a foundation for me. Um, and then I went off and had a career in the sports industry for, you know, for, for quite a few years and left a lot of that behind and was working in a very kind of competitive industry. And actually, I think before I had a spiritual awakening, I had a creative one. Um, about 10 years ago, I through again, through a serendipitous opportunity, I found myself in California on an art retreat which was completely bizarre because I didn't paint I didn't do any art um, it was I live in England um, and it was very expensive to go and book myself onto this art retreat but I felt really strongly drawn to go and learn from this particular woman and her name was Kelly Ray Roberts and I'd read a book by her um, called Taking Flight and I just felt I really want to meet this woman um, so I booked myself this place on her workshop um, and I turned up and there was a hundred 
American women um, in it was actually in a, in a convent it was held in a convent but it was it was just a normal art retreat and it was about five days and we painted and cut and stuck and did all sorts of arty things from morning until night for five days and I felt like a completely different person and I looked around myself and I realized that I wanted to feel in my life how I felt in that community at that moment these amazing creative women who were so supportive of each other no kind of artistic judgment as I had assumed from kind of looking outside the art world um, up until that point and just an amazing connection and friendship between these people um, and it set me off on a journey that led me to set up my own business do what you love um, almost 10 years ago now um, and the principle behind that was helping creative women to flourish in their creative businesses what happened really as a byproduct without any expectation on my part was I discovered that so many very creative people are also very spiritual um, and I would learn so much from them almost by osmosis from business partners and teachers and our community um, and they told me so many times how tuned in I was before I even realized and I tell them these funny stories about oh this happened and this happened and again that word serendipity and this time this person and people are like oh my god you, you you've got no idea how connected you are to everything you know to what's going on um and a few years back one of my business partners um who's a big art agent in the states incredibly successful businesswoman but also very very um spiritual lady made me have a tarot reading with her before signing our contract <laughs> <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about and she's like no no no, no we should do it we should do it you know, we'd been working together for a couple of years and we were going to extend our contract for another three um and and we went along and this tarot reading was just unbelievable the, the re reader really didn't want to um do it the session for us because she said she only did individuals but um my business partner managed to persuade her and we just kept getting karma cards one after the other um, and the stories that she told us about our connected destinies almost was amazing. We came out literally like, where do we sign? Um, it, was, it was really funny. And I would go on to have a lot more tarot readings and other kind of you know, energy sessions and stuff. And I think the thing that has blown my mind as somebody who is inherently skeptical, I think I could say from you know, a few years back, is that so many people on different continents have, who've given me various kinds of readings have all told me stories that connect with each other. So I've been told ver versions of very similar things by people who ha would have no idea that other people had given me really similar readings. Um, and I had one that really, really kind of woke me up um, a few years back when I was writing my first book and really stuck between, am I gonna write a, a memoir or a self-help book? Um, and I went to see this guy. We were also moving from Brighton, which is, you know, a very kind of arty, creative town in the UK, to my hometown, which I was really uncomfortable about because, you know, this thing we have about going back to live in our hometowns can feel like a real backward step. And I, I felt a real period of unease. I went to see this guy, um, and this, what he told me in this reading was unbelievable from describing the house that we were just about to move into and how um, it was going to be a really kind of safe and happy place for my family for a short period of time. We were there three years. We've literally just left. 
um, to the kind of tattoo my husband was going to have. I didn't even know that he was getting a tattoo um, in black ink in a foreign language. And he's got this um, Japanese language black ink tattoo <laughs> through to tiny things like my um, very small daughter at the time, who was just learning to talk, kept coming up to me and saying, staring me right in the eye and saying, frog, frog. And I was like, what are you trying to say, sweetie? Is it frog? And I, I had no, I couldn't figure out why she kept saying frog to me. And at the end of this reading, he was like, oh, by the way, the whole time you've been sat here, you've got a frog hovering over your head. And it's a symbol of change and good fortune, all these things. And, I w and when I walked out of that reading, not once after that did she say frog to me. <laughs> and in that same, um, that same reading, it was so interesting. Um, I was asking about my book and I really, you know, I know that you've written yourself and you, I'm sure you'll understand. You just really want your first book to do really well and I was quite anxious about it even though I was still early on in the writing process and um I asked him about it and he said yeah the book will be fine but but this is not the book for you you will go on to write many many books um the next one will go to America and all over the world and I can say now like a few years on from that it that my second book Wabi Zabi has been translated into 21 languages and the American magazine time just picked it as a recommended read for the new year so it's it's all unfolding and um, the thing I've come to realize is that we have a part to play in it but we can't control the timeline you know these things all kind of happen over time over time so I mean that's definitely the kind of slow spiritual awakening and I did have an extraordinary spiritual experience in Costa Rica while I was writing my first book, which I can tell you about if you like. Um, but that's definitely their kind of over, over time thing. It's been a gradual thing for sure. Well, it's just so interesting. And, you know, like so many people as well have gone to those kind of psychic readings. And like you say, I'm hundred percent in agreement with you of, you know, I always say nothing before it's time, you know, it all unfolds exactly how it's meant to at the right time and it all works out in the end, doesn't it? So it's a beautiful story. So what led you to become an author then from your travels abroad? Well, I, I guess this connects to my, the Costa Rica story. I, my business, Do What You Love, was doing really well um, to the point that you would think everything was perfect in my life. Um, we lived in this beautiful big house near the sea in Brighton. I had a beautiful um, young toddler and another baby on the way. But what I had realized is that I had somehow created a version of my life where I was completely trapped, um, which was so ironic because I had all the tools to be doing what I loved and that's what I was teaching. And yet there was one moment I just found myself, um, as happens to a lot of us, I know, literally on my bedroom floor, kind of collapsed, exhausted going what on earth has happened to my life I used to feel super free and go on these adventures and somehow I've made choices that have got me here and I don't feel free at all um, and that isn't right and um, what happened right then was I just started to make space in my life little bits of space um, and until I realized well I'm just about to have a baby so I think I'll make a big chunk of space and have five months of maternity leave which was very different from the experience of my first baby when I had like five days off or something which I wouldn't recommend <laughs> I was just exhausted you know from life and all things um, and so I took five months off and my baby was born in summer and it was a beautiful summer and so I spent a lot of time walking up and down the beach with her but this question wouldn't leave me alone even though I was feeling better um, this idea of, of 
what happened to me? Like, I, how did I go from somebody who, who valued and treasured freedom so much and yet gave it up voluntarily without noticing? And how could I go back to feeling free? And I, although I wasn't working over that summer, I did talk to my community about this question and it turned out that so many people had had similar experiences about being trapped and then finding their way to freedom. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I really wanted to explore this as a big question. And I, I think I just kept on thinking about it to the point where I realized this is such a big question that it affects so many people. It feels like a book to me. And I think it's because I didn't have anything else going on at the time apart from a small baby. Um, you know, your, your mind kind of expands, I think, to the space that you give it. And so I came up with my entire book proposal during maternity leave. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, and I loved the process of it and I came back and I had a book deal um, and then I had six months to write this book it took me about four months to get to a point where my husband was like you're still playing around with your excel sheet working out the structure of your book and you haven't written a thing and you have to hand it in in like three months time and I realized I didn't know how to write a book as you'll know it's not the easiest thing in the world and if you know there's there's certain you have to open yourself up in a way that I really wasn't used to and kind of be so open to ideas from and it kind of inspiration from the universe. And that was something I really couldn't do sat at my laptop, you know, a chunk of time here, a chunk of time there. And so my husband said, you need to go on an adventure. And so he booked me a trip to Costa Rica, which was very kind of him. And um, I found this hotel that I really, um, this yoga hotel that was really busy, um, but they found me a room. I said, explained I was coming to write a book and I really needed the room. Um, and <laughs> I found this place and when I turned up, they came up to me, the manager and said, it's very strange, but every single other person in this entire hotel has canceled. You're the only guest. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing as you're here to write a book, instead of sitting in your room, 
why don't um, we put a writing desk in the middle of what is, I believe, the world's most beautiful yoga studio overlooking the jungle and the ocean. Um, and you can put your tunes on the stereo and we'll bring you coffee and flowers and you can just write. <laughs> there. Wow. It was, it was amazing. And soon after I got there, I had this um, Kundalini yoga class and I had this extraordinary experience, which I wrote about in the epilogue of Freedom Seeker, where um, basically I was in the class and I spotted a bird of prey on the horizon. And as she, um, the teacher was talking through um, all these things that we were supposed to be thinking about and letting go of in the class, this bird of prey was flying towards us. And I was kind of listening and doing the poses and watching this bird and having, at the same time, having this complete, like a video of my life going before me. And at the last minute, I thought this, this eagle, it turned out to be, was gonna come and literally hit the yoga studio which had no walls it was open to the jungle and at the last minute it whooshed off to the side and I had this it's like an explosion of light and energy up my body um, it was like I was on fire um, and saw all the things I was grateful in my life and it, it just felt like the spirit of that bird had jumped from her into me and that I realized it's so obvious and yet I hadn't realized that freedom was inside me that we I I was freedom freedom was me um, and it was the most such powerful experience and when I was on my book tour in the states I was talking about this story and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said I'm a kundalini yoga instructor and I think what happened to you was you had a spontaneous kundalini awakening and I was like what's one of those <laughs> <laughs> and um, she told me about it and I looked it up and they they happen quite often actually I was amazed I'd not really heard of it but um what happens is this huge um, kind of pulsation of energy through your body. And a lot of people afterwards go into a deep depression or they have a massive burst of creativity. And I suddenly realized that that had happened on day two when I was in that yoga studio writing and I wrote 30,000 words in a week. Wow. And it, and it, to me, that was like, okay, I don't understand everything, but there's something here that's downloading information to me that I'm very grateful for, you know? That's incredible. Amazing story. So your second book, Wabi Sabi, what is Wabi Sabi for those who have never heard of the term before? Well, if you've never heard of the term, you're probably um, at an advantage because the term has actually been misused quite widely in the West as an aesthetic term, um, almost like an adjective to describe beautiful, old, imperfect things. Like if you imagine kind of like an old um, farmhouse table or like a wonky teacup that's been handmade that kind of thing we for, for whatever reason probably to do with the ways that Wabi Sabi has been described by English-speaking people in the past have come to think of it as that some kind of aesthetic construct but actually it's so much deeper than that it's it's a worldview um, and it is a it's kind of a feeling it's some it's it's a response to beauty a particular kind of beauty which reminds us of the true nature of life that true nature of life being that everything is transient things experiences moments us um, and what the, the importance of that is so for example spending time in nature and seeing the changing of the seasons and allowing that to reflect on you and having a kind of a response in your body to what that tells you about life like 
life is short life is changing you are changing nothing is permanent and when you think of that as a way of looking at the world it's absolutely revolutionary when you think about how we are taught so we are uh, society certainly our society seems to push us towards trying to achieve not just excellence but perfection um, in our careers in our the way we show up as as wives as mothers as you know spouses as ev ev friends everything that we do we there's we feel this pressure to do things perfectly and what wabi-sabi reminds us is that the nature of everything is that it's all changing which means nothing is permanent so if everything is impermanent nothing is complete because it's all changing and perfection is a state of completion so if nothing is complete nothing is supposed to be perfect and that includes you which is such a revelation it's such a relief you know <laughs> it reminds us that life is precious so we shouldn't waste it it reminds us when things are bad just breathe because it will pass and when things are good appreciate it because that will pass as well this is life and also that we are incomplete we are works in progress life is a work in progress and so it's it's fine it's literally it's fine Things I love that though. it's so important isn't it because we have this like societal structure of everything must be perfect like you say and you know we compare ourselves we fall into these comparison traps as well and you know what you're saying I'm like that is a hundred percent true of we are works in progress and I think some people forget that sometimes yeah and it doesn't help with social media you know um, and I, I think there are it's really refreshing there are more and more people sharing the the kind of the, the reality of their life online mm. but still a huge amount of the people with the really massive followings you know in the millions and millions who are influencing so many people especially young people really do show an airbrushed version of their life which can be aspirational and can be very very unhealthy um, and so I think it's it there's so many aspects of our life that can benefit from appreciating the idea that we're not supposed to be perfect so you know just relax <laughs> it is so true so true and then like you said there needs to be more people like championing that for sure so how can we live a more perfectly imperfect life then i think something really important to do is to practice acceptance you know which is recognizing the truth of the facts in any moment right so thinking when, when something's happened good or bad when you're looking at a particular state of your life realizing right what are the facts going in of this particular moment and you can make a decision about that is you deciding to say this is what's happening that's observing it not resisting it this is how much it really matters and actually the answer might be not at all when you really think about it and then this is the beginning of all that is to come this is what i'm going to do next remembering that it's just this moment is just a moment in this cycle of life um, and so practicing acceptance with very small things is a really great um tool for training yourself for when the hard things hit as well um, and then i think generally slowing down tuning in and noticing beauty all around you and it sounds it, it sounds such a strange thing to say really thinking about beauty and how important beauty is to our 
kind of day-to-day happiness but actually if you do surround yourself with beauty or you take time to notice the beauty in in nature in small ways all around you can give such a lift to any moment in your day and really kind of change your state of mind so I think just generally slowing down and, and looking more at what there is around you can really really help definitely so what is one piece of life advice that you would give my listeners <sighs> well you know I, I always think with advice we always kind of tell ourselves the things that we need to hear and you know and also, we're all a work in progress you know I don't have all the answers at all but I think one thing which the older I get the more I think is absolutely true is the importance of following your heart because it knows the way so true absolutely like follow that intuition follow your heart because like when you say like when your passion's there when it just flows like that you know the costa rica story like it just flowed when your heart was there and you had that epiphany as such oh well thank you so much beth for coming on it's been such a pleasure speaking to you so where can my lovely listeners find you online Oh, thank you so much for having me. I loved our conversation. Um, I think the best place to discover the things I have to say and the thoughts I want to share that I think are important in the world is to read my books. Like you said, Freedom Seeker, Live More, Worry Less, Do What You Love. And then the more recent one, Wabi Sabi, Japanese Wisdom for a Perfectly Imperfect Life. You can come in here at My Perfectly Imperfect Life on Instagram at Beth Kempton and also find me online at bethkempton.com um, and my actual business, uh, Do What You Love, can be found at doitylovefullife.com. Oh, perfect. Well, I hope all my followers will come and have a look at your stuff for sure. But thank you and hopefully we will see more from you soon. Thank you. And if they do pop over, I'd love to hear their thoughts on Wabi Sabi. Thank you so much. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes. As always, you can find more information about Beth and my own coaching and website in the description box down below. I hope you will have a fantastic week, whatever you're up to. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love to love to see you again soon and I will see you in my next episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manis and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 